Welcome to the Homebrew Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson, and with me tonight are my two buddies, Schnell and Tiege, the only two buddies I have. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> it came you're out, putting, and I was like, fuck it, I'm running with it. You're, you're putting a lot of pressure on us right off the bat. <laughs> My only two word. friends. This is this is either going to be the last episode we ever record, or it's going to be the start of something beautiful. Uh, what up, Hive Mind? <laughs> How's Yo. it going? Good, 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 good. So we are back tonight, and we are going to talk about uh, everything. We're going to talk about Ikoria's standards, so the main set, the, the layer of behemoths, if you will. And uh, before we get into that, Let's uh, recap. You know what's what's been going on lately. What have you guys been up to in the magic world? Um, Tej, let's let's start with you since you told the funniest stories outside of the podcast today. I did. <laughs> well, Jared, uh, Jared's on my mind. I don't know who Jared is. I don't know how to spell his name. <laughs> also, does Jared play magic? Is that why we're bringing this in? Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. You know the Jer- guy, don't you? Jared you know Sprint. Talking about right now. I have no fucking clue who you're talking about. He 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 he's 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 bald. He's super ripped. Uh, uh, takes magic super seriously. We drank at his mom's bar that one time. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about now. Oh, is okay. that the dude with the tattoos too? And he's like super jacked. Yeah. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. Okay. I didn't know his name was Jared. Anyway, he runs past my house without a shirt on. <laughs> he sprints past your house without a shirt on. <laughs> He is a magic player. I will allow that for podcast conversation. Okay. When you said, oh, okay, I thought you knew who I was talking about. No. Not being dismissive. No. <laughs> I was absolutely being dismissive. You offered a com- oh. you offered a comment with absolutely no context. I typed W-U-T, completely <laughs> exemplifying my, I have no idea what you're talking about, what? And he went, oh, uh, it's either Jared with an E or Jared with an O. And I went, oh, okay. Oh, uh, my <laughs> bad. I thought answer. I spelled his name wrong. <laughs> I am sorry. All right, now oh. we're all on the same page. Yeah, now Here's. we're here. Now we're ready. <laughs> all right, now picture him without a shirt on. <laughs> Sprinting past your house. Yeah. Right? Arms behind him. <laughs> Are we on the same page now? Yes. We are. We can finally okay, get into the episode proper okay, now that we've established. <laughs> I like that guy. He's gone through some tough times, though. He he, he no, lost, he definitely has. He lost an entire Jund deck when his father, he said, like got rid of their refrigerator, and apparently he stored it in a deck box on top of the fridge. So oh, okay. he had a modern Jund deck sitting on top of the refrigerator that just got oh, tossed no. out when they. Uh, upgraded appliances and it was probably like an eleven hundred dollar deck at the time so Oof. yeah he he dropped out of the game for a while and then was getting back into it so just just recently yeah so yeah. beyond anyway. beyond magic players or g- aggressive jund players sprinting shirtless in front of your house <laughs> Yeah, what have you been up to besides that? Are all Jund, are all Jund players um, aggressive topless sprinters? No, because I have a couple Jund decks. And <laughs> I also have aggressive diarrhea. And if 
I don't sprint to get to the bathroom, I'm not going to sprint down in front of my house with my shirt off. Well, I assume you take your shirt off because it's that aggressive. Like, you don't want any accidents. (laughs) Not taking any risks with this Uh, one. It's going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm not going to lie. I think quarantine's getting to me. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, that's fair. Um, anyway, uh, what have I been up to in the world of magic? Um, I've been playing EDH online with, uh, with internet strangers and Nelson and Schnell, my two quote unquote buddies. (laughs) Uh, so that's been fun. Um, Ikoria just came out. Um, oh, you know what? There's been a lot of discussion on like twitter and reddit about about the set and i've had a really i've been having a really good time like discussing the set uh especially discussing things that involve mutate mutate is a crazy mechanic uh it's very unintuitive and i've actually been really enjoying learning the ins and outs of it um and it's made me want to build uh an uh, a mutate edh deck so hopefully I can get my hands on one of those pre-cons uh, as a jumping off point. Nice. Yeah. So uh, that's exciting. Um, that's pretty much what uh, what I've been doing. What about you, Schnell? What have you been up to? Uh, well, because... And I just made the official announcement in the Discord today for the, uh, for the store with no goddamn clear-cut end in sight... Uh, I have officially announced that I'm not renewing my store's lease in the building that 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 I'm in. So right now, all of the store stuff is in the process of being moved to my house, which combined with what I already have here, I need to get a little bit more organized, but I have somewhere in the area of four to 500,000 magic cards in my house right now. <laughs> so that's... That's mind-boggling. That is a project. <laughs> it will hopefully be... An ongoing but not too ongoing project. Like, I, I made a lot of progress on the uh, quarter million that I was sorting from a collection I bought. Oh, God, almost two years ago now. Quarter million cards is a lot of stuff to sort on top of almost another quarter million that the store just accumulated over that time. Right. So, I've got just an F ton of magic boxes that I've been moving. And unfortunately, I made the executive decision that the upstairs spare bedroom will be my office slash magic storage. So hauling magic cards in boxes, three, three, thirty five hundred and five thousand count boxes from my car to my garage as a staging area. And then from my garage up a flight and a half of stairs, magic is going to kill me. Just the amount uh, of magic gonna, is going to kill me. Or it's going to make you jacked. Yeah, I, I will be ripped enough to <laughs> yeah to play Jund and sprint <laughs> topless in front of your house. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Yeah, yeah. You showed us that. Uh, you showed us that picture one time of that shelving unit you had that collapsed under the weight of all of your magic cards. <laughs> Is, yes. Is that going to happen to the floor <laughs> in your upstairs bedroom? <laughs> I had carry through the main floor was... and I'll end up in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> as I was as I was stacking boxes just on the floor along the wall, I had a, like 
mild like oh god is this no it should hold i mean it's heavy but it's not i don't yeah it'll be fine it'll be fine um i did manage to salvage the broken shelving and re remake the boards so i've got um a walk-in like attic space now that has the uh the bulk of the uh collection so it's probably in the area of like three hundred thousand magic cards in storage boxes and if you are claustrophobic, I will not invite you into that section of the house because, <laughs> oh, God damn, it was a small, like, side attic walkway to begin with. And now with magic card boxes lining both sides of an angled room as best it can, it is it is a lot of magic. And I will happily die in there sorting. So <laughs> uh, beyond that, I got my ass kicked twice in EDH uh, to, to you guys. So, uh, I am looking forward to recreating my Hannah deck because my Hannah deck started off as a stupid idea, like most of my decks, and I just kept going, <laughs> nope, I'm going to make it work. Nope, I'm going to make it work. And I need to re, I, like, I have the cards there to make it work. I just need to fix the mana base because the Hannah deck, uh, Hannah was a secondary thought. Sometimes I start with a commander. Sometimes I start with a stupid idea. The stupid idea for this deck was Arcane Adaptation and Didgeridoo. So I will name, I will get Arcane Adaptation out, name Minotaurs, and then all Minotaurs can be cheated into play with Didgeridoo. So with those two cards, I went blue and white so that Hannah can bring back from the graveyard either piece if it gets destroyed, and then blue and white can search out any artifacts or enchantments I need to assemble my Doomsday Didgeridoo machine. And uh, <laughs> my Doomsday Didgeridoo, you say? <laughs> yes. Didgeridoo! <laughs> um... <laughs> But the rest of the deck, yeah, it's it's tutors. It's a bunch of big, uh, fun enchantment creatures from the original Theros block. I actually built the deck before the second Theros came out, so I should see if there's any other good enchantment creatures to uh, bring bring into that one. But yeah, the mana base needs to be fixed because it's pretty much just basics. So I was drawing nothing but planes the game we played, and then I after I was drawing nothing but planes, I was drawing nothing but blue cards, and it was just sad and annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say though, the Inkwell Leviathan was a nice, uh, nice surprise <laughs> yeah. when it came out. I was like, "Oh shit, there's one of those in there." Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, that's a Minotaur, actually, not a Leviathan. True. Good point. <laughs> good point. It's weird. Yeah. It was a. It was cool though. And then uh, what was, the first deck you played was all fungus, right? Fungi. Oh yes, yes. My Thalen of the Havenwood, also a deck that I'm slowly starting to upgrade because I have built so many decks a couple of years ago that I still play. That there are now good, better things to put in them. So like Slimefoot was a recent addition, but the entire deck is like uh, probably a quarter of just Fallen Empires and all know, the Thalens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the thalid sapperlings well when when you played that it was like okay now i i've been toying around with the idea of doing some sort of uh slime foot build and now i just want to commit to it because seeing your fungus deck it was like okay yeah i gotta i gotta do this that looks like fun yeah well and thalen uh was the first uh uh legendary creature that i i f took advantage of the fact that 
casting cost and mana abilities in activated abilities counts towards uh, color identity. Because the first time I play a black card in that deck, somebody goes, isn't he mono green? And I go, nope, he's got an activated ability that is a green. Yeah, take black. a look. It's in a book. Oh, you kids. Reading Rainbow. You kids are not <laughs> reading your rule books. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be nice. fair, there's no awesome. actual book on the rules for EDH. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Remember when you used to get um, the, the uh, God, what do they call them? Starter decks, and they had the little book in them? Back uh, in the day. Well, I was going to say, cleaning out, or cleaning out space in my attic for more magic cards. I did find one from Urza's Legacy and Urza's Saga. The little, like, here's how to play the game of magic in your little strategy guide. I'm like, oh, God, this is so cool. Yeah, Ooh. those little pocketbooks were awesome. Yeah. You been up to anything else, or that about it? Uh, yeah, shutting down a store and playing two games of EDH. That's about it since last week. <laughs> since, you know, the world's fucking shut down right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I... Well, I'm going to save what I did today for the last part because that's going to be a springboard into a greater discussion here. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, I mean, I played EDH with you guys finally. It was fun. I got to bust out my my Nicol Bolas um, EDH deck. And actually, that was the first time I won with it. So that was exciting. But also, it's just really fun to play because that deck's just all about disruption. And it actually worked the way it was supposed to. Um, unfortunately, though... So I hit an early Raiders wake, and then Schnell, I think you popped it with an ability on something. <laughs> I, I don't remember what. Did but it you, was you a random my Raiders wake right away. Yeah, it was a random fungus creature that and had it, a kicker of destroying a. Uh, that's, right. Yeah, that's, what it was. that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that might have been it. <clears throat> so, so I'm sitting there like, okay, now I can't deal damage to you guys for discarding your cards. In my hand, I'm holding like Windfall, Prosperity, Magus of the Wheel. I'm <laughs> like, okay, everything <laughs> I want to do to force you to pitch and take damage, I can't do, you know, like, and then I didn't have a Reliquary Tower, so I had a Guest Grimoire on the, on the board, and I couldn't, like, make you guys discard seven cards and then i draw 14 and then have to pitch you know <laughs> two-thirds of what's left in my hand after that so it was an interesting thing but i ended up getting lucky in that um i caught some planeswalkers i needed like angrath of the uh angrath of flame chain let me steal tj's commander which helped slow him down um and then the bolus uh i i flipped my bolus and it was just kind of downhill for you guys from there well i was uh, gonna the say when you game, when you cast uh bolas planeswalker that and like taking control of a teacher's yeah. creature that was a big yeah like, yeah yeah so too. so having having the bolas planeswalker uh nickel bolas planeswalker early helped a lot and then yeah flipping my commander into um the arisen kind of shut the door on everything so that was that worked out well just because i had a bunch of fly i had some flyers on the board so i could block uh anybody trying to come at my commanders which helped i I had like a cast and some specters out but the second game was fun my i played my darien deck again and it was just cool to see i had a ankh of mishra in my opening hand so it was really nice to be able to get him out early and then turn on the um every time i take a point of damage i create a soldier um but then tj was playing his um um uro deck and it just oro sorry uh it just (laughs) took over and and smashed us pretty good because you got all all your planeswalker friends out um and we had no way to do anything to him 
what really hurt what did you uh oh your merciless eviction wiped all my tokens and then i couldn't (laughs) yeah and then i couldn't i couldn't generate anything after that and it was all downhill but there was some yeah definitely some fun uh fun edh games and then today i decided that i was going to fire up arena just for shits and giggles try to play some ikoria or at least see some played uh before we talk about it and i saw that i had forgotten they were doing brawl for free through i think may 21st um i don't know if it's like part of a you know pandemic here do this and have some fun we're gonna get rid of that stupid ass ten thousand gold requirement to play (laughs) a format of magic um but i i I built a a kalia from m20 kalia the whatever 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 she essentially tutors the top (laughs) six cards of your deck for uh dragon demon or angel uh so that 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 kalia and i played i played six games of brawl every single person i played against played nethroi uh, as their commander so it's a new card from ikoria and nethroi apex of death is uh two and abzan so white black green for a five five cat nightmare beast that has a mutate cost of four uh white uh, white green hybrid and two black and then it's got death touch and lifelink and whenever it mutates return any number of target creature cards with total power 10 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield um I'm just bitching because I think that that is way too that that should be banned in brawl. I think that's way too powerful for the limited removal options in a standard environment. As far as like mass removal options, um, you know, Schnell and I had touched on this real, real, real briefly before Teej, uh logged in and we started talking. But you know, there is ways to, or there are ways to shut down graveyards right now in standard in Graf Digger's Cage and Leyline of the Void, but. Uh, I mean, that's like one or two cards out of a singleton deck and, and like, that's it. I just think that this thing being able to be recurred again and again and again and again and constantly pulling out value engines from graveyards. So think like, um, um, Croxa or, you know, I don't know what else, what else can come out? Well, no, wait, Croxa's got red in the mana cost, doesn't it? So not Croxa, but, uh, Cavalier of Dawn, Cavalier of Night, Cavalier of Flame, just anything that when they enter the battlefield, uh, or when they come back from the graveyard, you know, they're just getting you, uh, or sorry, when they hit the graveyard, they're just giving you massive value. And it's just every game, you know, I'd be, I'd be ahead and it was great. And I'd have like a board wipe or maybe, uh, like a banishing light or something to exile it. But because they can keep putting it back into the command zone, the value that it just generates, uh, in such a limited environment is just absolutely stupid and bonkers. And even though I don't play brawl outside of today, and this afternoon specifically, um, <laughs> I think Nethro should be banned in Brawl. <laughs> that's that's my humble opinion. And I believe, yeah, Nethro is in the main set, so this isn't even a commander card. So I can bitch about it right now because we're going to yeah. bitch, or not yeah. bitch, we're going to talk about Ikoria um, now. And I guess that's, that's where I'm starting. That card is way too powerful for Brawl, and it sucks, but I probably won't play that much brawl going forward anyway but it should still be banned damn it in that format only otherwise it's a great card i love that card i think it's an awesome card (laughs) i just don't like playing against it so so there's that um but yeah i mean what do you guys think uh ikoria you know the the main core set we've all had some time to kind of digest it the last time we talked about ikoria we focused on the commander 2020 aspect of it and now we're gonna you know, focus on the actual main standard set. So, uh, what are your, what are your first impressions on it? Like it, love it, hate it, uh, indifferent. What do you think? I like it and I really want to play it in a bunch of different formats. Um, going through it, 
I am not super, super thrilled with uh, the idea of mutate, especially in, like, standard or modern, where generally there's a lot of creature removal, a lot of creature hate, and basically it's the putting all your eggs in one one easily targetable basket. Um, that being said, I haven't seen any mutate creatures that are just terrible on their own. They're all, they all, in my opinion, pass the vanilla test well enough. And being able to have the versatility of throwing them onto any other non-human creature, I think makes them good and fun. I just want to see them played more and I want to screw around with them more before I start committing to the uh, mutate mechanic. That being said, I will probably also make a mutate EDH just because I love building stupid EDH decks and I think that one, like thematic stupid. Um, so I think that'll be a fun thematic deck to build. Yeah, I was I was also not impressed with Mutate at the start uh, until, like I mentioned earlier, I started finding out exactly how complex uh, the Mutate mechanic is. And the, the simple fact that uh, anything you mutate, um, all of those abilities are, are, are actually uh, characteristics that are added to a creature and are therefore copyable, uh, makes the mechanic a lot more interesting to me. Um, the very first thing I thought of was Progenitor Mimic, uh, and that just snowballed into a whole bunch of other different options. Um, of what to do with uh, these mutate cards. Um, so yes, putting all your eggs in one basket is is a risky move, but if you can copy those and continue to copy those, then suddenly you're building one monster uh, and making a million copies of it and suddenly it becomes super scary. And that part is what intrigued me the most about it. <clears throat> so but are that, you looking at it from outside? Environment... You're looking at it outside of, yeah, yeah, right, outside of Correct. standard and modern. Yeah. And... Where yeah. you have access yes. to all of them. That's why I'm saying, like, in in the formats uh, that they're, like, initially made for, primarily standard. Right. No, I'm not as thrilled as uh, about it in that. <laughs> that being said, as you pointed out, yes, in EDH and other... The more, the more cards you can put with it, the better the mechanic becomes. Right. Yeah, I, I agree, especially from a, a such a vast card pool. Uh, but and and I think that initially the mutate mechanic, I was kind of like, uh, it it seems kind of like, um, I don't know what the right word is, hokey or hinky or like you know like, oh, this is just some. <laughs> I don't think either of those are words. Do, but the more, yeah, <laughs> no, I think it just had a stroke into the microphone. Um, I, you know, it it seemed like they were trying to get too cute with it, but the more I the more I look at it, uh, especially from you know like an eternal uh, standpoint, where like we were saying, there's such a, a large card pool. I think there's some cool stuff that you can do with it. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of where it goes and maybe when it comes back. You know, is this going to be a mechanic that reaches other planes, or is this going to be like an Ikoria mechanic? where we really only get it whenever we're on this plane, you know, um, just because of, of what it is, the nature of it and how it ties into the set thematically where, you know, it's these crystals on this plane that are causing all these, you know, uh, unstable mutations to steal another 
uh, magic card title and put it into put it into play here. But yeah, I mean, it, it'll it'll be interesting. I think one of the things too that I thought, um, as far as like mechanics go in the set, that I'm pretty excited for is to see a return of a heavy focus on cycling, both in the you know we talked about it in the EDH set, but also um, in standard. I think that there's some really cool stuff you can do with cycling, and I can't think of the card off the top of my head. It's a red. It's a red dragon, and or maybe it's red blue dragon. And whenever you cycle a card, it gets like plus one plus one, I think, or maybe it gets flying or something like out that. Out of uh, Amonkhet? No, no, no. It's a uh, it's a card out of Ikoria. Oh, okay. Um, trying to find it right now. Oh, there it is. Oh, okay. Sprite dragon. Yeah, yeah. So it's a one one flying in haste for a blue and a red. And whenever you or whenever you cast a non-creature spell. Sorry, I thought that played into the cycling. But whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a plus one, plus one counter okay. on Sprite Dragon. I think that in in Is It Colors or even in Jeskai Colors, there's some really cool stuff that you could do with that guy. Um, you know, he starts out pretty small. Uh, he's an uncommon, but that's one card that really has me interested as far as, you know, but it's you not were like just one of the about, big You were just mythics. talking about cycling, and this guy doesn't work with cycling. Yeah, no, I, I was gonna say. I know that was a very weird transition, but it was a, <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> essentially what happened was I thought one thing and I was trying to just parlay it into something different and then you caught me because that's I was watching it happen and I'm like, does, um, does he know? Does he still know? <laughs> <laughs> no, he knows. He knows. He tried to just pull the wool over everyone's eyes and it didn't work. Right. Um Nelson, we're putting yes. a show out on the internet. We're not gonna pull the wool over anyone's eyes. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. They'd burn also, down the doors audio. And let us all know. Yeah, you know, like Just a radio show, audio ears. show. Pull the but wool pull. Over okay, your fine. Ears. We're figuratively pulling pulling <laughs> wool over all of your. Never mind. Um, this is literally <laughs> the worst thing you've ever done. Yeah, I really fucking just <laughs> torpedoed this whole episode. <laughs> Anyway, back to Sprite Dragon. Um, I'm interested yes, to see Sprite uh, Dragon what that was card also does. on my uh, my list of cards that I I hoped got mentioned in this set. And then there, there's like um, another another non creature spell card that I thought would be interesting, at least in conjunction with that. If you're if you're playing, um, well, this would have to be in Jeskai colors because it does cost uh, white mana too. But Whirlwind of Thought that it's an enchantment for one, a blue, a red, and a white. Uh, whenever you cast a non creature spell, draw a card. So you know there's there's still some cool stuff coming back for um, like is it and and Jeskai decks. So I'm excited for that because I think it's going to help kind of shake up the the meta a little based on what we've what we've been seeing you know um as as far as what standard looks like you know all the mono white stuff from excuse me from theros i've seen a shitload of abzan stuff from ikoria as far as what people are playing uh, but i'm excited to see kind of what else is out there and those are two cards i thought that kind of, could kind of help um facilitate a little bit more diversity in standard perhaps uh at least until we have more rotation um you know come come fall but uh so those were that was a mechanic and two cards that had nothing to do with the mechanic that i was excited about (laughs) do you (laughs) do you guys have anything uh in particular you want to talk about well in that vein uh i'm really excited about some of the blue cards so i'm going to talk about this white card that i really like yes do it (laughs) do it uh, well, no, just going through, anytime anytime we uh, prep for one of these, what I do is I open up uh, the the app I use for searching cards on my phone, and it's a deck builder app, 
So what I can do is just go, yeah, add that to the deck, add that to the deck. So I will go through and I will read every friggin' card in this set. And I evaluate them from the standpoint of, is this something I would I would grab in a draft that I'm excited about? Is this something I would consider building about uh, around in standard? Or is it something that I would throw in an EDH deck? I'm not looking for the obviously good cards because it's like, oh, this, the mythic that uh, doubles your mana production and you, like, look at the top five and throw something into play for free. He's good. He's not going to be on my list because he's obviously good. I'm trying to find, like, the weird odds and ends stuff that I think is better than people will evaluate it right off the bat. Um, so, <clears throat> to that end, uh, let's see. The first one I have on my list, Swallow Hole. A one white sorcery uh, as an additional cost to cast show. this. What's that? I said, whoa, this is a oh. family show. Oh, okay. I got <laughs> it. I got it. So, uh, as an additional cost... <laughs> cost <laughs> as an additional cost to cast this spell, tap an untapped oh, creature oh, oh, control. Oh. Exile target tapped creature, Jesus Christ, <laughs> and put a plus one plus one counter on the creature tapped to pay for it. Uh, for one white, yeah, it's only sorcery speed, but I think this is a really good example of what white traditionally does of just dicking over tapped creatures, whether they attacked or activated, and it's super cost-effective and pumps up your stuff. Um, Luminous Broodmoth is the only obviously good card and mythic I think that made my list for white. Because brood, the Luminous Broodmoth, which is also Mothra in the alternate version, 3-4 uh, Flyer for 4, 2 and 2 white. Whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. Uh, this gets back to Nelson's bitching about just ridiculous recursion that's hard to deal with if you don't have specific answers and graveyard hate and graveyard removal is not something that everyone automatically throws in a deck because if you don't see anything with recursion they're dead dead draws so they're horrible yeah that's a card i i really like too i think it's it's an awesome card and i think it'll be fun to play with yeah um in blue because i'll just run through my cards real quick uh ominous seas enchantment for a blue and one whenever you draw a card put a foreshadow counter on ominous seas uh remove eight foreshadow foreshadow counters from ominous seas to create an eight eight blue kraken creature token and it has cycling i absolutely love this stupid thing just because it's an enchantment, so it's already a little bit more difficult to deal with than just, you know, a creature, because everyone hates and kills creatures. Uh, it's every card draw, not just your first card draw of each turn. Uh, it takes eight to create a token, but you don't sacrifice the enchantment. So if you continue to draw cards, you'll just keep building this thing up and can pump out more and more 8-8 eight, eight tokens. Plus, if you don't like it, don't want it, at the time you draw it, it's got cycling. Use it to discard and draw to activate your other ominous seas. Uh, <laughs> oh, I do have one mutate card on here. Sea Dasher Octopus. Uh, the 2-2, yes. two, two, yeah, 2-2 two, two flash for 3. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. And I think this one went through my default of, eh, I don't really want to talk about mutate because everyone's talking about mutate. Uh, this is one of the few that I saw that doesn't have... 
when this creature mutates as a trigger, it just yep. triggers as a creature would normally would, which I really, really like. Agreed. Uh, getting to black. Uh, let's see. Heartless Act. Black and a colorless instant. Uh, choose one. Destroy a target creature with no counters on it, which that's just a fantastic kill card for for two mana. Or remove up to three counters from target creature. So that'll knock down stuff with plus one, plus one counters uh, at instant speed or in standard and sealed formats with Ikoria. All of these sweet new trample counters, uh, flying counters... I, don't, I forget what all the other keywords, but the keyword counters. Yeah, what, lifelink? Yeah, all the keyword counters, yeah. All the keyword counters. Um, just, I absolutely love this thing. I think this is probably going to be um, featured in even modern decks, just because it's, it's, it's good removal, and it's restricted, but it's a weird restriction that meets a lot of targets. So it's not yeah. like Walk the Plank where it's like, oh, everything but Merfolk, and then you play against a Merfolk deck and it's just useless. But uh, it's in that ballpark, and Walk the Plank is good removal. Uh, my last black card here, Bastion of Remembrance. First off, I just love the card and the art because it's a dude standing atop a castle wall yelling at people with a spear, <laughs> and you have all these sweet tapestries. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token, and then whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain a life. Uh, the second ability really sells it for me because it doesn't have the restriction of not a like non-token creature. It's just any creature. So yeah, you only get a 1-1 one, one for 3, but then when that or anything else you control dies, you are aristocrating them. Yep. <clears throat> yep. That's actually one that I was looking at. Um, it doesn't necessarily fit the whole vampire flavor, but for <laughs> like my Edgar Markov uh, EDH deck, just because I want to turn that into you know a little more focus on aristocrats, and that's just one another way to trigger uh, so many things you know in that deck. So that's a that's a card I've had my eye on too. I think that's a a, a great card. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna help you out here, Nelson. Are you ready? Oh boy! All right, it's an enchantment, which means it's not a creature. True. Um, and it's a, a Bastion of Remembrance. So you can put that in your vampire deck and be like, hey, remember vampires? Oh, yeah, those guys. Or, hey, remember when you used to be human <laughs> since it creates a human soldier creature token? <laughs> well, that's just food for the vampires. Ah, good point. Oh, there we go. Oh, now it fits. Fuck it. Wow. I'm putting it in. Good. We did it. We got there. We Beautiful. Got there. Nailed it. Nailed uh, it. <laughs> so we got white, blue, black uh, My for my red list. Uh, Blister Spit Gremlin. Uh, it is a gremlin. It is a 1-1 one, one for 1 red. Common, so it's pauper legal, and that's kind of how I viewed this as a potential pauper deck. Uh, pay 1, tap. He deals 1 damage uh, to each opponent, uh, but then whenever you cast a non-creature spell, untap him. So, not the greatest because it has that one, but being able to untap it anytime you cast a non-creature and the fact that it hits all opponents, I think there's some cool synergy stuff with some of the is it popper builds that I've seen and played. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, oh, I have actually two more cards for red here. Uh, Flame Spill, instant for one red and two. Flame Spill deals 
Flame Spill deals 4 damage to target creature. Excess damage is dealt to that creature's controller instead. It's on the list because we finally have spells with trample damage. Yes. <laughs> Just and it's as- and it's instant speed. It's not uh it's not sorcery speed like lava coil. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't exile, which would have been cool, but it is trample damage on true. a Very true. on an instant and four damage is not not nothing. No, uh, no not at and all. Then uh, fire prophecy, uh, instant for <laughs> one red and one colorless or generic. I love the art on this thing because it's just like a fiery eyeball. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, three three damage to target creature. You may put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library if you do draw a card. Being able to cycle in red and pitch those goddamn mountains when you don't need them always helpful. It's a common. So it's yep. pauper potential, and I think this card is fantastic. Yeah, that's on my list too. Uh, I like how it's it's like you said, cycling, uh, but without the extra, uh, or I should say, it's cycling. Uh, the the CMC is the same as if you were to cycle it, and um, it comes with the added benefit of dealing three damage to a creature, which is uh, again nothing to shake a shake a stick at in in especially like a limited environment. Yeah, uh, for green, green, I was pretty like meh about in this set. Uh, I've got Ram Through, which is an instant for one and a green. Target creature you control deals... It's a family show. Uh, Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to to target creature you don't control. If uh, if the creature you control has trample, excess damage is dealt to that creature's controller instead. So, again, we've got trample damage, and this time that actually has the word trample on it. So we're getting there. But I like this spell just because it's a fight with a little extra oomph. So it's removal and it's direct damage. Um, I think I knew there was a second uh, yeah. uh, card that dealt excess damage. That's cool. Yeah, yeah ran through I like too. Um, <laughs> Charge of the Forever Beast. Sorcery for two and a green. Uh, as an additional cost to cast a spell, reveal a creature card from your hand. Charge of the Forever Beast deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to the revealed uh, card's power. So that's just a neat little uh, twist on the usual green fight mechanic where it's something you have in play. And because it's three, uh, you could reveal that you have that stupid 11-11 creature in your hand and just power through and kill anything you need to. So... Just, I like, like, you know, like I said, it's pretty meh for the green stuff that I looked at overall in this set, but there's neat twists on some of the classics that green usually does. I also, as an honorable mention, put Colossification on this list. I think it's a bad card. I think it's a bad card. However, it has a glorious orange kitty towering over the forests, and the flavor text is just phenomenal. Turns out the case of the flattened outpost and the case of the missing kitten were related. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a solid. Don't even bother reading what the card does, but look at the art and (laughs) and read the flavor text and have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Beyond that, yeah, I had that. um, The Sprite Dragon was on my gold list. Uh, most of the bonders, all of the bo- uh, pretty much all of the bonders, I really liked. Um, da, 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 da. 
this card I thought was not the greatest, but again, I like it for the art, and I love it for the flavor text. Offspring's Revenge. Uh, this is two, a red, white, and a black. Enchantment. At the beginning of combat on your turn, exile, target red, white, or black creature from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that card, except it's a 1-1. It gains haste until your next turn. And it is a winged cat beast dead with a winged kitten beast in front of it, like prowling at the camera. And the flavor text is, all they found in the hunter's camp were tiny paw prints and a lot of blood. (laughs) So, it's a okay card overall, just adorable art and fantastic flavor text. And honestly, I think Wizards needs to get more praise and credit for some of the really, like, fun things that they put out like this. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, at the end of my list, it's all of the ultimatums are great. The Jeskai one yes. is okay. Uh, and then the Tricycle Lands. God damn. All of them are great. The just that one is okay. (laughs) I mean, compared to the last cycle of ultimatums we've seen, where it's just like, eh, eh, cruel ultimatum. No, this is across the board. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, also, little side note, Evolving Wilds. I'm glad I have another printing of Evolving Wilds that I can put in my Evolving Wilds collection pile. Because I'm trying to get, right. I'm pretty sure up until now <laughs> I have every single printing, even some cool promo printings of Evolving Wilds. Always love to see it nice. come out. So that's it. Why do they Why do they hate Terramorphic Expanse? Because it's a garbage card for garbage players. I'll kill you. Yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> wow. Ow. You have to find me. <laughs> I'm quarantined. Yeah. You'll never find me. <laughs> <sighs> what about you, Teach? Yeah. What's uh, what's what's intriguing to you? All right. Well, I unfortunately did not make a, a cool list like Chanel did. Um, yeah, that's fine. But he he had a lot of things on his list that I also uh, was excited about. Um, I have not. I I, I don't play standard, uh, and I don't uh, and I. Don't know when I'm ever going to draft again, so I haven't actually taken the time to look through the cards with those in mindset. I mainly looked through them with an eye towards EDH, um, and I also don't want to, you know, waste everyone's time and talk about you know this powerful card that everyone is aware of. I like that card. That card's cool because <laughs> that doesn't make for good radio. Um, but I can pick out a, a couple things here that. Uh, I do really like um, with uh, uh, well we're going to start out with um, in white mythos of snapdax uh, I really liked this one um, I don't know if I want to play in a deck or not two and uh, two and two white sorcery each player chooses an artifact a creature an enchantment and a planeswalker from among the non-land permanents they control and then sacrifices the rest uh, if black and red was spent, uh, you choose the permanence for everyone instead. Uh, so a board wipe where um, everyone gets left with some things, but I get to choose what they keep uh, is super strong. Um, I was reminded, though, that there's a... This is similar to something else. Tragic Arrogance, I think, is what it is. Um, 
Let me look that up real quick. Tragic arrogance. Yes. Oh, yeah. Tragic Tragic arrogance is five mana, not four. And for each player, you choose from among them an artifact, creature, enchantment, and a planeswalker. And then they sacrifice all other non-land permits they control. So it's pretty much the same thing. Um, one mana less, but I have to pay the red and the black in order to get that effect. Um, I don't know why tragic arrogance obviously never really stood out to me, but for some reason Mythos of Snapdax did. So that's always that's always weird to think about. Um, why do you like this one card when it was already printed just slightly worse before? <laughs> I um, do. That is that is my favorite of the Mythos though uh, coming out. I I am excited for that card. Yeah. Uh, getting into blue here, I'm super bummed that Schnell did not uh, uh, choose Capture Sphere as one of his blue cards that he really <laughs> likes because uh, of the, the love trilogy. Because of the because of the love story. <laughs> between that gentleman and his dinosaur yeah it's a real interesting trilogy of cards there <laughs> so let's talk about this real quick because I think this is really funny so if you're not aware uh the story begins on uh the red card let me find it here forbidden friendship which is uh, whatever the card does it doesn't matter we're going to talk about the name the artwork and the flavor text so it's a forbidden friendship, and it's between this man and this dinosaur. The two looked at each other, and neither fled. I see, the soldier murmured, we're both just fighting for survival out here, aren't we? <laughs> and then some time passes, and something horrible happens. And this man's dinosaur gets caught in a Pokeball. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And there's no flavor text here, but you can you can you can uh, you can you can tell what he's saying. You can saying, feel the emotion. <laughs> hey, get my dinosaur out of that Pokeball. <laughs> the friendship was forbidden. We never thought we would have got caught, but we did. Damn and it! We're taking him away. Society be damned. <laughs> and if you think this story is going to end on a down note. There is a cathartic reunion <laughs> where man and beast are reuniting once more. <laughs> and goddamn if they're not loving on each other. <laughs> oh my god, I think Teach just gave friend. me the rona on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the soldier had given up his wealth, his title, even his home. But he had no room for regret. At last, he had saved his friend. It's because his friend took up all the extra room he had. <laughs> it is a beautiful story. I don't care what anyone says. And those are my top three cards of the set. <laughs> it's a real, mo- it's a real modern day love, uh, uh, love story. There, don't it's don't get me wrong. I do cards. now have the goal of finding foil copies of all three of those and building <laughs> right? a small a nice triptych frame. frame. Yeah, <laughs> I've wanted. I've had that idea before with like the the story spotlight cards. Oh sure is collecting foil versions of those and, and hanging them up somewhere. Um, 
But I also like the idea of just doing it for these three cards. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that and keep the three cards under my pillow. <laughs> going to Maybe bed, my dreaming, I'm not sure dreaming that you'll be reunited with that one animal that you weren't supposed to be with. <laughs> <sighs> All right, stupid so. social mores. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about a card that I hate. You guys Good. ready? Yeah, there you go. Evolving Typhoon. No. Oh God, yeah. Shark Typhoon. <laughs> hey guys, remember Sharknado? Do you? <laughs> yes. You remember Sharknado? We're gonna force we're, it onto a card. Guys, we're we're hip. We're with it. <laughs> we remember <laughs> memes. It's not how memes work. <laughs> we remember memes. <laughs> I did. I did um, have the when I was going through the list uh, or the the entire set list today. I did wonder if we were if I should bring up just when Wizards is clearly pandering to us and how we should yeah. react to that. I mean, granted, the, the 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 dinosaur love story, they're clearly pandering, but this is worse. <laughs> Everything it's, is worse than the dino love story. <laughs> it's so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Heartless Act was on my list of, of super awesome cards. Yeah, I love that card a lot. Um... What else? There was another black one, I thought. Um, I'm not catching it at uh, first glance. Um, so we will move on from black. Um, <laughs> move on from black. Uh, red. Uh, red, I really did like the um, uh, the flame spill. That was one that really jumped out to me. Um and uh, the reason I really liked that one, uh, I like this one. I like Flame Spill for the uh, 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 same. That's not the right word. Uh, I like I like Flame Spill for uh, 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 conversely with the uncard uh, that this is just a reprint of. Um, yeah. And I don't like that one because that one says Trample on it, and Flame Spill does not. Uh, and, uh, I'm really happy that they printed flame spill, uh, uh, cause I like that effect. Um, and flame spill does not have trample on it because trample is a mechanic that specifically deals with combat damage. So technically putting it on an instant or sorcery spell doesn't actually do anything. Um, which is why I didn't yes, like that one card to begin with. But companion but doesn't technically work with EDH and they're letting that go. Oh, it does. We can talk about that if you want. Nah, I don't want to. Uh, I'll just get angry. <laughs> uh, since you brought it up, um, <laughs> I am not. I'm. I'm not a fan of companions uh, because it is effectively your 101st card in an EDH deck. Um, but I have since changed my outlook on it, where I thought it was only going to be around for a little while, and they're going to ban it. It's not going away anytime soon. It's just going to be around probably forever, uh, and I would be surprised if we actually see any more companion cards. And it doesn't bother me. Um, what they did to make it work, I thought was really clever. Uh, so it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers Porsche uh, because they're so restrictive. Said, though, I still don't like it. What? <laughs> because they're so restrictive. Well, not only that, but they made a they made a, a, a change to the actual rule of why companions work and things like wishes don't. Okay. 
So basically, basically, uh, 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 the rule is is cards that bring other cards from outside the game into the game don't work, and companions don't bring other cards in; they bring themselves in. Yeah, I read that too. So I thought it was a neat little workaround in order to make it work. Um, but I never, I saw that, didn't think uh, it, it it should work simply because I don't like 101 cards. I like the 100 cards. Uh, but I also don't fault them for trying to make the flashy new mechanic work. Um, and if you can build a good deck with those restrictions, go for it. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Luca Coppercoat Outcast. Uh, this is one of the Planeswalkers in the set. Um, and I'm still debating whether or not I want to put this in my uh, in my Avengers deck. Um, five, loyal, five mana for a five loyalty Planeswalker, three and two red. Plus one, exile the top three cards of your library. Creatures exiled this way gain. You may cast this card from exile as long as you control a Luka Planeswalker. Um, minus two, exile target creature you control, then reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with higher converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Um... And that's the ability that, that that speaks to me because my 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 deck doesn't have that many creatures in it, uh, but the the creatures that they do have do one of three things. Uh, it either makes uh, either have to it taxes people for attacking me or planeswalkers I control, which is a useful ability. Um, there's uh, Dejiro. Uh, who will tutor a Planeswalker for me, which is a good ability. Uh, then there's Gisela, Blade of Gold Knight. Um, <clears throat> uh, who completely just, wrecked Schnell and I the other night. That it did. <laughs> that it yeah. did. Uh, and I've got a lot of Planeswalkers that make tokens. So the idea, so the, the thought of exiling a token and just getting one of my few yet super powerful creatures on the board seems really strong. Um... So that might find a slot in the deck. Uh, I just have to go through and look for what to cut for it. Um, one of the challenges I had when building the deck was because uh, Mardu uh, Planeswalkers isn't, in, in it, as far as I know, anything that anyone else has ever done because uh, the best Planeswalkers are going to be in blue and green, especially when you can take advantage of like doubling season. So uh, I had a hard time you know, finding decent uh to good planeswalkers to put in the stack and i think luca might have a, a a shot at finding a home there if i can make it work reliably nice um yeah i like that one um what else uh oh uh we cannot uh not talk about yadaro wandering monster because it's a legendary dinosaur turtle that's true. <laughs> yes. Big old red card. There was a... Um, uh, 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 you guys remember... Uh, uh, what is it? Meandering Tower uh, Shell. Yeah, that's what it was. Meandering Tower Shell. Uh, I was going to call it Meandering Wanderer. Um, but yeah, Meandering Tower Shell. I always, had the, I always thought it would be really, really funny if uh, they made just uh, every single set that Wizards puts out, uh, they throw in just, like, like a couple hundred copies of Meandering Tower Shell just randomly. 
So every once in a while, some lucky person will open up a booster, and there's a meandering tower shell just meandering into the set for no reason. <laughs> Sorry I'm late, guys. <laughs> and I had the same thought with, with, with uh, Yadaro Wandering Monster. Just three years down the line, oh, I opened a Yadaro. He wandered into this. Plane. He wandered right into this booster pack. <laughs> that would be that would be great. Uh, no loves colossification. I hate colossification, but it is a big. Kitty. It's so bad. But it's a big, <laughs> that is a big old. But kitty. it's a big kitty, and it has fantastic flavor text. It's got the. Uh, it's got those Dilophosaurus fins on it. That thing's gonna spit shit in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're Newman. <laughs> if you're Newman. Uh, for some weird reason, I got really excited about the reprint of Fertilid. Uh I, I did really too. Fertilid. Yep, I, that's a card I've always liked, and I was excited to see it come into standard again. Um. Uh, there was another green one that I liked. Um. Or was it Fertilid? Ivy, Elemen- Ivy Elemental's a, a reprint, right? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'd have to look. Uh, yes, Odyssey. Ah, okay. There we go. I thought I'd seen that before. Um, oh, God. I broke it. Oh, we're back. Um, <clears throat> Cold Gloves, Titan Ape. Uh, this reminds me of the Godzilla cards. How do you guys feel about Godzilla cards? Sure have. Didn't answer my question. Um, <laughs> did, wait, How do you feel you about the ha- Godzilla cards? Sure I have. Thought you said... I thought you said, have you seen them all? And I was like, that's a fucking weird question to ask. (laughs) But sure, I'll play. (laughs) No, I just can't fucking hear. That's all that is. That was was fantastic. Uh, I'll chime in while Nelson's still processing what's going on. Um, (laughs) I have two even responses that are directly opposed to each other to this whole fucking thing. Uh, The first response is... That's dumb. Why do they have to, like, tie it into another franchise? Why can't they just have their own thing, blah, blah, blah? And then there's the other half of my brain that goes, yeah, but Kaiju are fucking sweet, and Godzilla and Mothra and Rodan, I could have them all as magic cards. Yes, I want to collect all the stupid Kaiju cards, but I'm going to be angry and hateful the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think instead, uh, as far as the kaiju cards are concerned, I think instead of printing um, some of the secret layers that they've printed, if you want to use that as like a, hey, check out the sweet promotional product, uh, I think that's a cool way. But I feel like it's like, like you said, to a point, shoehorned in a standard. Like, I just, you know, you're talking about this plane in the magic universe where all these things live. Obviously, Godzilla and Mothra don't live here, uh, but we're going to you know, shoo them in anyway and make them legal uh, for play. I just, I, I don't know. It feels forced to me. And I just feel like maybe this would have been something for some sort of like supplemental product. Like, Oh, Hey, look at this idea we had in conjunction with this plane of these crazy mutating monsters. Uh, you know, kind of like how there's the sort of dungeons and dragons or the transformer cards, um, you know, that, that you can collect. So I don't know. Maybe that's me being a crotchety old man about it, but I just didn't think it was necessary. And I think it would have been better as a supplemental product. I, have, uh, necessary, I, I no. like the way I like the way that they're introducing them that basically it's like playable uncards that don't change the game because they're just reskinning the old cards and they even still keep their old card name. 
So I right, think I will say that best, that's a. It's the best way for them to be shitty about just weird tie-ins. I, I agree. I would say that they were really like completely stupid and pointless if they if it wasn't just a reskin, right? I mean, it, like you said, it keeps its name. It keep it's the same card, just you know, with a Godzilla picture and and title to it. So I do have to give them credit for that. Like at least it didn't they didn't go like way overboard and like you said, make it more of a more of an unset kind of card than uh than it already might feel like at <laughs> face value. Yeah, I they don't they don't bother me. Um that much uh i think um i think godzilla as a franchise is more like sci-fi than fantasy which magic should be so that seems a little weird on the surface um but for the most part it doesn't bother me but kolga the titan ape i hate uh because it was basically it just looks like um every other godzilla card is like well we're gonna take this one card uh and then we're gonna make a godzilla version we need a we need something to do um, for King Kong, though. Uh, let's just make a King Kong magic card, too, because that's all he is. He's not yeah, on the building. He's on a giant glowing rock. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> where it's, yes, we have the rights to, to Godzilla and all of those right now, but we don't have King Kong, but we sure wish yep. we did. And he's not and he's not holding a, a, a lady who's in danger. He's holding, like, a friend. Uh, yeah, Bonder. Airplanes well, going after him. They're hot air balloons. I do... I do love that his ability, what, bounces a human and then he becomes indestructible. Like, he sets her aside and then goes on rampage mode. Like, flavor-wise, yeah. it's a fantastic piece. Yeah. I agree, yeah, but but it's shoehorned into somewhere where it might not necessarily belong. That yeah, one but that I mean, one felt they, the most... Oh. Where, where else, if they, let's say, theoretically, they had this idea that they wanted to do this a while ago. Which plane would it make sense to make movie monsters? Oh, for sure, for sure. Because, I, I mean, yeah, Ravnica, no. You, 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 you like, shoe, shoehorn in, fucking, let's go back to Ravnica one more time, and let's have guild leaders as, like, miscellaneous U.S. presidents. Like, founding father guild leaders, <laughs> I think, would be the next thing that they could do. Right. Millard Fillmore of the Azorius Senate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Benjamin Franklin of the Demir Guild. uh, What I mean is the... um, uh, I said founding fathers. Okay, sorry. (laughs) The counterpart to... You were an ambassador to France? (laughs) Sorry, Tej. Tej, are you going to talk over us or what? Um, the counterpart to like Godzilla say doesn't look like Godzilla. It looks like whatever it is, and then we're gonna print the same card and put Godzilla on top of it. Um, uh, let's not forget Death Corona. Whatever Death Corona is, the Space Godzilla. To, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look like Space Godzilla on the Magic card. It looks like whatever it meant to be, and then we just slapped yeah. Space Godzilla on top of it. Kolga, uh, Kolga the Titan Ape does not ha- do that. It looks like King Kong, just instead of on a building, he's on a glowy rock. And that's the part I don't like. Like, if they changed the artwork, if they did something to it so it didn't look like King Kong, then I'd be okay with it. <clears throat> also, yeah, but King because Kong, they don't have King the Kong rights card? to King Kong... Yeah, what's that's what that? I was going to say. No, I was going to say... I, yeah, I know, I know, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that they didn't have the rights to King Kong. Yeah, it's it's King a licensing thing. Hand in hand. 
Gotcha. Yeah, it, it's a yeah. licensing thing. Uh, you can get away with certain likenesses. They wanted to do full-on Godzilla, and I believe Hasbro has licensing rights because they do Godzilla action figures, and it was probably something like that. But, yeah, King Kong being a completely separate franchise that has only... I think, I think Universal like two... owns the right to that. Yeah. And Universal's yeah. fighting with friggin' AMC theaters and all sorts of stuff right now. Oh, they yeah. they're they're not gonna yeah. they're not gonna tie into a Magic Card thing. Not unless Stupid a Magic AMC. movie comes out. And Magic Mike does not count as a Magic mad. the Gathering film. I found that out. <laughs> you have that cartoon coming out at some point. A Magic uh, yeah, Mike Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> for all the no, no, all I'm, adults in the yeah, audience. I'm I'm familiar. Like the it's gonna be like anime style though, isn't it? Yes. Not that that's. A I bad think so. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't the Russo brothers working on that, or am I confusing that with something else? No, I thought uh, someone Marvel or uh, like I think Avengers it is the Russo brothers invite. Invo- yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was invited. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know what card I do like? General Lisa Kudrow of Dranith. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh she's looking a little haggard having been transported <laughs> to Ikoria. <laughs> uh general kudro is cool because he is he's the he's the obvious antagonist uh, uh master tactician uh whose soldiers are just uh you know pawns to him and i like the idea that he doesn't care about his soldiers because he will sacrifice two of them in exchange for taking down one of his enemies um and i just think that's a neat concept for a card yeah i agree i like how they how they built that card yeah, um, the uh, I like Parcel Beast. Parcel Beast, uh, Chanel, another mutate card right up your alley, uh, because <laughs> it's not one of those when this card mutates triggers. Um, two four Elemental Beast. Pay one and tap it to look at the top card of your library. Uh, and if it's a land card, you may put it on the battlefield. If you don't, put it into your hand. That's just a decent ability to put on a creature in the first place, and being able to mutate that onto something else is super cool. Uh, um, Tej, I have a judge question, real quick. Yes. Okay, so let's say, for example, I have a three-three dinosaur in play, yep. and I'm using that as an example because I have a token in front of me, and I mutate the parcel beast underneath this dinosaur. Does that? casting and resolution count as that creature mutating or does it have to have the mutate ability on the creature that is then being targeted by another mutate ability for that one to trigger your your um your uh dinosaur token has mutated so the act of casting it on a creature is that creature mutating but it already counts as having the text of the card that is doing the mutating when the spell resolves are you talking about abilities that trigger when it mutates? So the 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 parcel beast is when it mutates, get a land, right? No, the parcel beast is you pay one and tap it to get a land. Okay, but okay, but I mean, let's say it's when it mutates, X happens. Right, regal when, regal Leosaur is right here in front of me. Whenever this creature mutates, other creatures you control get plus two plus one. So you're asking if you put Regal Leosaur underneath your beast token, will that ability mute? Uh, will that ability trigger? Does it count as mutating, or is it uh, when mutate resolves? Does the creature now have the ability that future mutations will cause that trigger? That trigger will cause it when you mutate it the first time. 
Okay. See, and that's that's what I feel is a little counterintuitive to the mutatability. That yes, you get all because they like all the videos that I've seen so far. They're like, oh, it's cool because you give them all the uh, the abilities of everything that's in the pile, but you're triggering something that's not in the pile yet. The way it's worded. Like, I understand if it works the other way, but it's just, on first glance, it feels it's one of not those, as um, good. Well, it's, 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 it's one of those, like, uh, uh, it's a triggered ability that triggers when it mutates. So it has to, like, when this enters the battle, it's basically when this enters the battlefield. So okay. things that have when uh, enter the battlefield abilities, they trigger when they enter the battlefield. So they enter the battlefield, they saw themselves enter the battlefield, and then they do their thing. Mute. This works the same way. This mutated, it saw itself mutate, so it gets its ability. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you for the uh, more you know. Well, and I, you said you read a lot about it, so I wanted to, like, I'm sure there's yeah. other people that maybe oh, absolutely. That would also have yep. benefited from Judge Teach's court. Yes. Judge teaches course. Um, I like Sprite Dragon because Sprite Dragon is the only dragon in the set, uh, which somehow infuriated me that all those Godzilla monsters, they're all dinosaurs and not a single one of them was a dragon. <laughs> Especially the big multi-headed guy. Don't understand how that's not a dragon, but whatever. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> uh, companion, give or take. Companion is apparently uh, destroying vintage. And I don't know enough about Vintage to know exactly what's going on, but apparently people are screaming for a companion ban in Vintage. Hmm. Because yeah, I'll have to look into that. Way too strong. So that amuses me. Um, companion, oh, I know what I was going to say. So uh, there's this episode of South Park where the kids are all in preschool and they're playing firemen. Uh, where they <laughs> pretend that something is on fire, so they pee on it. They to pee it on up. it, <laughs> but they want to put out a real fire, so they get their they get this other kid, Trent Boyette, to start a real <laughs> fire, so they can pee on it and put it out. But they don't have enough pee to put it out, and the fire gets out of control, uh, destroys their classroom, severely burns their teacher, um, and the cops take Trent Boyette to juvie for setting this fire. And uh, uh, the kids are like, oh, he's going to get super pissed when he gets out of, ju- uh, out of juvie. Yeah, but that's like five years from now. It doesn't matter right now. But then five years later, Trent Boyette <laughs> comes out of juvie and goes on this rampage. And that's what this, uh, that's what Ikoria reminded me of. Is <laughs> It seemed like there was some wizard's intern that someone was just asking, what would you like to see in a magic set? Well, I want giant build-your-own monsters, and I want companions, and I want a wandering turtle, and we want Godzilla in there, and we want trample damage on our instance, and blah, 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 and just all these ridiculous ideas. And this and this employee who was like, very good, intern Billy. We'll definitely put that in a set in like five years. And then <laughs> everyone forgot about it, but five years later, Billy's like, hey, where's my goddamn Godzilla set? <laughs> I uh, I like the comparison. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, Christine Giant. We talked about that last week about how I thought it was cool at first, but the more I thought about it, the more I hated it. 
Uh, yeah, we did. Um, yeah, same same boat. Yes. I liked I like the uh, I like the mana rocks the uh, three costing uh, tap to add one of three colors but cycle for two I think the cycling really added to those mana rocks that made them really super cool um, and of course yes the tricycle lands uh, I feel like I skipped something um, but it doesn't matter um, also Winona Ryder. <laughs> yes. Um, no, that's about it for me. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to go over just a couple more that I liked. Um, we're running up on time, and I'm not going to rehash all the things that you guys said because I liked most of, of what you said too. One thing that I thought was interesting, especially from a limited perspective, um, is in white. And for uh, one white mana, uh, it's called Light of Hope, and it's an instant, and you choose one. You gain four life, you destroy target enchantment, or you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. I just like the fact that uh, you can play it at instant speed, that it's super cheap, and it deals with a lot of different things. Uh, helps you out in a pinch. You, you can gain the life, you can put a counter, uh, plus one, plus one counter on a creature if you want to, uh, but then there's, you know, destroy target enchantment, and with Theros uh, sticking around in standard for a really long time, and all the different enchantment creatures, and enchantments, and things that that brought with it, I think that that's... Uh, an interesting card i think it'll be fun in limited but also i think it'll see some standard play um just one that that stuck out to me uh as far as blue is concerned i thought there was one more that i wanted to point out oh i just thought voracious great shark was hilarious on (laughs) on its face because so this is a five four uh, shark for three and two blue and it's got flash and whenever it enters the the battlefield counter target artifact or creature spell i just think it's interesting that we've got this big fucking flashy shark that counter spells uh i i like the idea of you know you're just on the on the water and then i don't know where this giant shark just gobbles you up i thought that was uh, uh kind of funny <clears throat> uh, one card that i, I get, do like out of before i get booed out of the podcast i will just simply add Counter shark do 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 counter shark do 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 do. <laughs> oh, moving on. Um, <laughs> out of black, I really like Call of the Death Dweller. So this is a sorcery for two and a black. Return up to two target creature cards with total converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Put a death touch counter on each of them, then put a menace counter on... Or sorry, put a death touch counter on either of them, then put a menace counter on either of them. So I like the fact that it's not one or the other, uh, that you can combine them if you want to. And I just think that there's a lot of value that can be called back uh, for this, both in this set and other standard legal sets. So I think that's an interesting card to, to watch in standard. Um, as far as red is concerned, I really liked, like we talked about, you know, uh, fire prophecy and flame spill. Those were the two that stuck out to me the most in red green. I thought was underwhelming. Um, Ivy elemental being reprinted was cool. We kind of touched on the, the King Kong thing, but one thing that I thought was interesting, um, is Titanith Rex and the fact that it, that's so that's the big 11-11, right, with Trample uh, for 7 and 2 green. But I like how it cycles for 1 and a green, and I just thought it was interesting that when you cycle him, uh, he gives Trample to uh, a creature you control. So I don't really – it's not like I think this is a great card. I just think it's interesting, you know, and kind of neat that when you cycle him, he passes Trample on to something else that you control. 
as far as gold cards go, I did like uh, Death's Oasis. I thought that was interesting. So that's uh, a white, black, and a green for an enchantment that whenever a non-token creature you control dies, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then return a creature card with lesser converted mana cost than the creature that died from your graveyard to your hand. So it's a mouthful. It's a lot to read and process, but I think it could be pretty interesting with all of the, you know, um, Golgari and Abzan, you know, graveyard manipulation stuff. And then you can pay one and sacrifice it to gain life equal to the greatest converted mana cost among creatures you control. So um, just a little bit, you know, put on the end of that thing there. Uh, let's see. I talked about Sprite Dragon earlier uh, because I like how it has nothing to do with cycling. And I think the only other card that I wanted to point out that I think is interesting that I'm looking forward to playing with, and we might have talked about this um, when we talked about the commander stuff because I think this is in the commander precons, at least one of them. I, I just I think the Ozolith is really interesting. Um, it's a legendary artifact for one generic mana whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield if it had counters on it put those counters on the ozolith at the beginning of combat on your turn if the ozolith has counters on it you may move all counters from the ozolith onto target creature um and again so because of the way that we've got the keyword counters now in ikoria this isn't just like plus one plus one counters this is like keyword counters and everything so i just think it's going to be interesting to see how that card kind of plays out uh you know, in the in the standard environment, and then maybe what some people do with it uh, as the different things move through, you know, commander and, and other formats too. So those are, you know, and obviously the the, the tricycle lands are are fantastic. Um, those are those are the big ones I wanted to touch on. I I personally initially I, I felt a little underwhelmed, I think, but I think part of that was just kind of um, burnout from like quarantine burnout, right? Not not magic burnout as much as it's just like. Well, this is kind of depressing because uh, I can't go pre-release it and play it. And I think maybe the fact that I couldn't get excited to go play it, you know, in paper with with you guys uh, at a pre-release event kind of tempered my excitement for the set as a whole. But, uh, you know, talking to you guys kind of got me a little bit more more excited for it. I'm obviously excited for the, the, the commander decks like we talked about before, too. But um, I'm hoping that it eventually grows on me a little more than it has, but um, I'd have to say that on its head right now, having not played it, it's a little, I'm a little less excited for it than I was to like go back to Theros with some of the stuff that I saw. Um, I'm still really high on the, the Ravnica stuff that we got with guilds and allegiance. I just think that those were, were super fun. And some of the stuff they did with corset 19 um, was really fun, but you know, we'll see. I think I is going to be fun once we start to play it and everybody kind of gets their hands on it. Uh, is there anything else either you guys want to say, uh, in closing as we wrap it up here? No, I think I've said my piece. All right. Well, fantastic. Thank you guys for talking up Ikoria with me and uh, letting us all know what you think and thank all of our listeners for tuning in again and listening. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend. You guys can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, essentially anywhere you consume your podcasts. Check out our social channel. Uh, search us on on Facebook. You can find us. Uh, just search Homebrew Magic and uh, join the community there. We, we post on there and uh, just stay connected. And we'll be back in a week. And until then, don't drink and scry. Get yourself a partner that looks at you the way that soldier looks at that dinosaur. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs>